You can take your notebooks out. <clears throat> I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you from a subject called bold expectations. Bold expectations. Bold expectations. <clears throat> bold expectations. You're going to need to take notes because I might share some things that conflict that conflict with some of your thinking. I might share some things that may be in conflict of what you believed. I'm going to do my best to show it to you in scripture as best I can, but on Wednesday night, I will open up all the scripture and I'll make sure you get it and that you understand it. I'll give you double proof that's in the word. Today, especially if you go to my Facebook page, Martin Williams, if you go to that page and share this with your friends and your family. You can go ahead and go to my page and share this with your friends and your family so that they can be up to speed with you and you maybe meet them for uh, lunch this afternoon. What in the world was your pastor talking about? Right? So we'll be caught up together. Now, here's what I want to deal with because I gave boldly this year. Am I alone? No. I gave boldly. I gave in anticipation of my future. I gave with the big sacrifice. I say I, we did. As a family, we decided to. We decided to, we decided to open up our expectation and put our hope in God, in giving, in giving. So I have bold expectations, very bold. I have big expectations of God. I have things that I, I'm expecting for him to do in my life. So I've been dealing with these questions because I know people may have them too. And the questions are, are sort of like this. Can a man, can a man demand from God? Can a man demand, can a person demand from God? Can a person, according to Scripture, demand the blessing from God? Can a person require God to bless him? Is there is, is there any doctrine or anything out there that says that a man can have a deep expectation of God? Can a man be bold, a woman, can she be bold when she's done what God's told her to do? Can she be bold and come into God with an expectation? And I believe she can. I believe he can, and I believe we should. Here is what I want you to write down. You really don't get, you don't get what you desire. You don't get what you admire. You don't get what you desire. You don't get what you admire. You get what you require. You don't get what you admire. You don't, you don't, you don't get what you like or what you're looking at. It's not, it starts with desire, but it doesn't end in desire. Eventually, you've got to require from the Lord. You've got to require it from him. You've got to expect it. And you've got to go before him with a supernatural hope and a high expectation. Say bold expectations. Now, for those of you who are just willing for the next few minutes not to wrestle and argue with me in your mind, I want to talk to you. For the rest of you who may have arguments in your mind, those are totally legal. You're free to read the Bible. You're free to have a Bible study. You're free to call other people who've studied this or haven't studied it, right? But I know for me in my house... We're in the place of requiring from the Lord. We're in the place of demanding. We're in the place of commanding his word. We're in the place of bringing into our life what God has wanted for us. That's where we're at. Are you okay? 
If you're not okay and the, the person sitting next to you is okay with it, you just need to be sitting next to someone who has like energy. Because your vibe this morning is going to attract whether I'm saying it's true or not. But ain't you tired, Miss Hilly? Aren't you, I'm sorry, aren't you tired? Would you like to try something else? Okay, so take your religious hat off and let's just hear what the kingdom says. Are you with me at all? Shout yes if you're with me. Bless his name. We're still in a good, this is a good place to be. Amen? So go to Proverbs. Proverbs, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speed through these, but I'm going to build a case. My case that I'm building is that, first of all, we need wisdom. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. We need to understand some things. Proverbs 2 and 6. Proverbs 2 and 6 says, For the Lord, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. What does he give? He gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Go on over to Proverbs 4 and 7. He gives wisdom. He gives knowledge and understanding. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Pro- Proverbs 4 and 7 says that wisdom is the principal thing. It's the first thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Keep reading. Therefore, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Do what with her? Exalt her. Exalt wisdom. And what will she do? Wisdom promotes you. She will promote you. She will bring you honor. And when you embrace her, why is all the good stuff called her? Okay. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I guess that works, huh, babe? All good things call her. Okay. But she will bring you honor. When you embrace her, what? What will bring you honor? Wisdom. Go to 2 Chronicles 1 and 10. You all right? 2 Chronicles 1 and 10. Hallelujah. I have a bold expectation of the Lord. Regardless to what I see, regardless to what's going on, regardless to the words flying around, regardless to how I feel, I have a bold expectation of God. 2 Chronicles 1 10 says, now give me, listen to what he prays, now give me what? Give me wisdom and knowledge. Why? He wanted to know, Moses wanted to know, how how do I go in and out before four million people? How do I lead them? So he asked, give me wisdom. Now, here's the definition of wisdom. You may have it in your notes already. But wisdom, wisdom is when when I put the knowledge I have into practice. It's the practicality of what I learned. In simple terms, wisdom is when I put it to work. Wisdom is when I apply what I've heard, what I've learned. And what we need is wisdom in some areas. We need some knowledge in some areas so that we can get wisdom in some areas and then we can apply it to our life. And we really need wisdom so that we can apply to our life answers to our prayers getting answers to our prayers, getting breakthrough in our lives, having the doors and the windows of God open for us. Say yes, someone. So now I want you to go to James 4 because I want to talk to you about, I want to give you some wisdom in a certain area. 
because there are some contradictions, some controversies, some confusion around what, what does it mean to ask God. On my envelope, on your envelope, did you do the same thing? Did you and your family write on your envelope? Did you write on your envelope some things you're expecting, some hopes for your life? Some, some dreams, you, and you went to the scripture to make sure you weren't uh, strange about it. It's in the Bible. It agrees with God. You've seen it done in other people's lives in scripture. You've seen it done in other people's lives who love God. So you know you're scriptural. You're not asking for something that's weird or outside the will of God. You wrote it on that envelope. Well, now you have asked. You have placed it before God, and now you should have an expectation. For those who believe you should give without an expectation, I get it. I really do get it. But sometimes there comes in your life a time of sowing, and then there comes a time to reap. And if you're not prepared to reap, you won't reap a harvest. I gave my offering this year to reap. I have an expectation to reap. And I have a bold expectation to reap. It's not dormant, it's not quiet, it's not subdued, it's not wishy-washy. It's on a strong foundation of expectation from God. You with me? So James 4 and 1, watch what happens here. Watch what happens here. He says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they come from your, your desires for pleasure? That war is in your members. Where do the wars come from? Desires of your own heart, right? And lust and do not have. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have. You don't need to go to war to get what God wants for you. What God wants for you is not in someone else's hands. You don't have to steal it from anyone. You don't have to subjugate anyone. You don't have to manipulate anyone. You don't have to trick anyone. You don't have to sign an unrighteous contract. You don't have to do that. What is yours is already created and no one else can have it. You have no competition. Is anybody here with me this morning? There is no competition for your harvest. It was created before you were born. It exists. It is real. It is simply in the unseen. Now we have to tap into the unseen to get what God has for us. So James says, does all this war, you you lust? Next verse. Let's go to the next verse. You don't ask, he says, and you ask and do not receive. Because you ask amiss. You ask with the wrong motive that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Next verse. Watch this now. Adulterers and adulteress, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? You got to make a choice. Do you believe in God or don't you? Make up your mind. Right? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy with God. You can't believe in the world's systems and use them and say you're a kingdom citizen. We used to say in Mississippi just like this, stop playing. You you, you can't say you love God, but you use and depend on the world's systems. 
There was a controversy there. Does that make sense to you? So now, this is what we have to understand. This is why we don't receive, according to James. We don't receive because we're double-minded. We don't really know if we trust God. The second reason we don't receive is because we ask in a mistaken way, a miss. A miss miss is a word that simply says you're asking in a mistaken way. You're asking in a way, you know, uh, motives are not right. So if the, if, 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 the, if the motive is for me to get and you not to get, the motive's not right. If the motive is for me to have so I can spend and live a great life but not you, then the motives aren't right. I can ask in a mistaken way. And number three, I don't get, I don't receive because I don't ask at all. I am amazed at Christians who never ask. They just give and serve God and love the world and love people around them, but they never come to God with a bold request. <laughs> they don't come to God with something that they are desiring in their life, and they know that he's the only one that can make this happen. But I believe today there are a few people in this room who are just willing to say, you know what, Pastor? There's a lot of stuff going on in my life, but right now I feel a stirring of a boldness in me. A not backing up in me, a not relenting, a not acquiescing, not going back in some corner and backing away from the promises of God in my life, but I have a serious desire. I have a, it's not a need anymore. It is something I believe I've asked for. I've already received it, and now I'm just open to let God download into my life. Hallelujah, somebody. I said, hallelujah, somebody. And this sermon today could be the difference in it all. So make sure you pay attention. So now, he says, ask. He said the word ask three times. That word ask stands for this. You could write it down. You could write it down. That word ask doesn't mean what you think it means. Most people think it means to beg or to request. It does not. That word ask in this scripture means this, to call for. It means to command. It means to demand. Hang on to your religious hat. It means to require of the Lord. This word ask means to call for, command, demand, require. It means to require it from the Lord as though strings are attached to you getting it. It means to demand from God as though It's already yours, and it's due you. It's entitled to you because you've done everything you were supposed to do. So this particular word, ask, means that you can go to God and make a requirement of him. About 12 of you shout right there to just make sure I know. Okay, okay. Because I know some people are like, "Uh uh-oh, he done stepped in it. I cannot have this heresy being taught in my ears. I know where you're at, and I know you could fight this, but I'm telling you, if you're going to move forward, you're going to have to really know how the kingdom works. You're going to have to know how to get things into your life. You're going to have to know how to grab things that no one else wants you to have. You're going to have to know how to go before God boldly. You're going to have to know how to receive boldly. You, you, need, to, you need to receive boldly. You gave boldly. 
You didn't, you didn't, you weren't, some of y'all, y'all weren't playing this year. You were not playing with this offering. You didn't just throw something at God like a tip to your Uber driver. You prayed, you fasted, you asked, you gave boldly. You walked up here and put it in the bucket. You gave out of your heart. I'm telling you, get ready to receive out of your heart. Touch two neighbors and say, take everything God wants you to take. Take everything God wants you to take. Hey, I have a bold expectation up in here this morning. I have a bold expectation. Well, what does the Bible say? Turn off your religion and listen to the brother. Let me teach. He says, call for it. You don't have because you won't ask. You won't call for it. You won't demand it. You won't require it. You don't see your prayers attached to your offering as something God has to do something. You got to do something with this offering right here. This is not something, God, you can ignore. There's some stuff that's got to shake loose. Let me just ask. Could I find, could I find in this room right, right here, about 70 of you, you're just like in your mind. I, it's time for me to be bold about this. It's time for me to get serious about this. It's time for me to stop playing about this. Let everybody in the room around you be funky. Don't you be funky this morning. Don't get weird and don't let the devil trick you because you think you're listening to me. I'm telling you the word of God. Okay, sit down. Let's take some more notes. <laughs> Bless his name. I'm fired up. He says, call it, demand it. I'm going to give you some more scripture. <laughs> I'm going to give you some more scripture. Now, this is what I want to show you. In 2003, this is, this, is where, this is why I like Apostle Henderson so much. And for those of you who've never read my book, written in 2003, you'll understand the revelation track I was on. I was trying to find out from God, what's happening? Who are you? How do I deal with you? Are you my friend? Are you my father? Are you the judge? And I wrote this, I wrote this in the book. I wrote Isaiah 33:22 in the book. Isaiah 33:22. Read what it says. For the Lord is our What is he? He's our judge. The Lord is our capital L. The Lord is our and he will Nothing else saves me except him. Go back to this idea. God is judge. God is judge. You got it? He's the judge. He's the lawgiver. He's the king. He saves us. Let's go to James 4.12. You're going to have some notes this evening. James 4.12. Read it. There is one lawgiver. Who is able to 
save and destroy. Who is, who are, I can't pass sentence on you. Even standing here, he's the only judge. No one can pass sentence on you. In a conversation the other day, and one of my friends said to my other friend, don't judge me. And I said, he can't judge you. So let him think he can. Don't argue with him. Don't judge me. Don't feel condemned. Some man going to judge you. For real? No man can judge you. God is the only judge. He's the supreme court justice and king of it all. So no one can judge any other. That's so good. Hebrews 4, 15. Y'all all right? For we do not have a high priest who cannot talk to me. I just want to help people who think your sin is your issue. I can't ask God because I'm not perfect. I gave my offering, but I got some issues. <laughs> I'm obeying God the best I can, but there are all these little things going on in my life. There are some secret things. I wish I could deal with them. Are you saved? Have you given your heart to him? Then the blood of Jesus is the full payment. It's the full payment for what? where you think you failed, where you think you've missed out, what you think you've done wrong. It's the full payment of that. Maybe I should read it. For we do not have a high priest who cannot with our weaknesses, but was in all points yet without sin. Hallelujah. Come on. So let us come. Don't come timid. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may and we come to him boldly. We don't come timidly. We don't come begging. We don't come religiously. Y'all could finish it, couldn't you? Please, sir, Heavenly Father, we come to you as, uh-uh, that ain't what y'all say. What y'all say? You don't say boldly. We come to you as humble as Begging you, please, Master. So out of order. So religious and devilish, it's from hell in the church. Yeah, I'm coming. Has nothing to do with God. It's nothing to do with our Father. It's not how the kingdom works. When you get ready to come to God, you walk in boldly. Boldly with thanksgiving on your lips. And gratitude in your hearts. With an expectation of God. Because he is the only one that can do in your life what you need done. Hey, hey, I felt that thing, Lenny. I felt that thing, Lenny, sweetheart, right there. 
I felt that thing, sweetheart. I felt, I felt that thing when you, were praying, when you were praying in the house the other day, and you just got stuck for about 30 minutes walking around the house just telling God, you're the only one. We can't go nowhere else. We don't know nobody else. We don't, we don't have no other God. We, we've never worshipped another God. We, we don't know how to do the Buddha thing. We don't know how to do all that. We, we don't know that God. We, we've never been introduced to him. We don't know Harry Krishna. I never met Muhammad. I never prayed to another God. She said, you're the only God we know. And God, we're not leaving. We're going to stay right here till you bless us. We're not moving on till you bless us. We're not going to look to another God. We're not going to be cockeyed. We're going to look straight at you. Uh-uh. Get your notes out. Hey, glory. I got something deep down inside of me that's been there too long. I've been waiting too long. I've been hoping too long. So he's the judge. He's the judge. Verse 16, so let us therefore come boldly. Boldly. We're in court now. It's a throne. We're in court. It's a throne. The judge's job is to make sure that fairness happens in the courtroom. The judge's job is to make sure that fairness happens in the courtroom. And then it's the judge's job to render verdict or decision. And once the judge renders verdict and decision, it has to be upheld. This is why I like coming to church. I know everybody don't like coming to church. I love coming to church. I enjoy coming to church. I enjoy being in church. Whether I'm up here or out there, it doesn't make me, I just like coming to church. I like coming to church. You know why I like coming to church? Because, because the Bible said that David had a hunger for the church in Psalm 84 too. Let me, let, me, let me get through this quick. He had a hunger. He had a hunger for the things of God. He had a hunger for the courts of the Lord. He understood coming to church. He, he says, my soul longs. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my decision-making properties. My soul longs. Yes, it faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. I come to church to cry out to him. I come to church to hear from him. Well, I can hear from God in my bathroom. You can't hear from God in your bathroom like you can in a room like this with energy. The energy given by everybody else, giving what they have and expecting from God, adds to your experience. Then we see this note of Jesus in Matthew 21, 12. I'm almost there. I got to give you some scripture because you're going to argue. I want you to argue against the Bible. Then Jesus went into the temple. This is why I like the temple. This is why I like the church. He went into the temple of God, and he drove out all those who, were brought, who, who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those 
who sold doves. Come on, read the next verse. And he said to them, it is written. But you, the house of God are the courts of heaven. And when we come in here, he built this house so that we could get answers to our prayers. So we could get the expectations of our hearts. That's what the house of God is for. You still with me? Okay, last couple of verses. Go to John 15, 7. While you turn to John 15, write it in your notes. I have the right. I have the right. I have the right to command. Can't say it, can you? I have the right to demand. I have the right to require of the Lord. This scripture tells you, if you, watch this now, if you, if you abide in me, watch this now, if you have the nerve to abide in me, if you decided to live in me, God says if you made up your mind, I'm going to be your life. And my words abide in you. If you're in me and I'm in you, what's the difference in what you desire and what I want? If you're in me and I'm in you, there's no difference in the desires of your heart. But then he goes further. You will ask what you desire. And it shall be done for you. If you're in me and I'm in you, you're going to be able to ask what you want. There are no qualifiers other than you being in me. There are no more checks you got to check. There are no more defaults in the system, stuff that you missed. If you're in me and I'm in you, you will ask what you will. You'll ask what your desire is and it shall be done to you. So there are some things that have already been done to you that you haven't received yet. And you get in your own way. <laughs> and it becomes difficult to receive. Okay, so, so here I am. Here I am. Here I am. C can, I, can I come down there for a minute? Here I am. In the Bible, when I study it, I find these little things and I look for patterns for me. Patterns of first mentioned things and patterns of things that happen over and over. Can I give you one? There's a pattern in the Bible that says, don't tell anybody. You read it everywhere. It says, don't tell anybody. When you pray, go in your closet. Don't say it out loud because a bird of prey would tell it, tell it someone else. What you've done in secret, God will. So it's that pattern in the Bible. Don't tell nobody. Because as soon as you tell people, they will be the ones that help talk you out of it. Because the people you love have limitations. When you get married, you don't accept someone else's limitations. That ain't what the Bible says. Somebody misquoted me the other day. Let me take care of that right here. Somebody misquoted me. And uh, <clears throat> how do I say it? How do I say it? They said, well, pastor said in our marriage, you're supposed to leave and cleave to me and, and this kind of thing. I said, pastor ain't never said that. If your spouse is a fool, don't be a fool. 
You leave and cleave to a person you love, but don't leave and cleave to ignorance. Okay, that's one thing. I wasn't talking about nobody. I was just talking about you. Okay? So, <laughs> I was just talking about me. There are edicts in the Bible that say, don't tell anybody. But there's another one that says, when you get bold, tell everybody before it happens. I know y'all can't deal with this today. I know you can't deal with this today. I know you can't deal with, I know you can't deal, I know you can't deal with this today. This is not for all y'all, so don't fool yourself now. Don't go telling people and you're not ready for the backlash. Don't do that. Don't go tell them. Let me tell you what the Lord get ready to do for me. No, don't tell them because you you're not where some of us is today. You don't have a bold expectation yet. So when people start throwing bombs and hatchets at what you're talking about, you start to back up. But there is in the Bible, there is Jesus. I'm going to tell you what's getting ready to happen so that you know when it happens, it is God that did it. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting ready to tell you why we're going down there to Lazarus's. We're going down there to raise him from the dead. So that when you see him be raised from the dead, you're going to know that God is God. There are about 12 of you in here today. You're up to here with waiting, and you're in the place where you're saying, you know what, God? I'm going to tell everybody what's getting ready to happen so they will know it was you. Oh. Hey, 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 hey. This is why you're in an impossible situation. This is why it looks like you're losing. This is why there is so much pressure because God is getting ready to do something in your life that can only be him. Come on, shout to God. Hallelujah. Make somebody nervous with your praise for about 15 seconds. Hey, glory to God. I'm going to tell everybody what God's getting ready to do in my life. Okay, let me finish now. Let me finish. Let me finish. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. It takes boldness to tell everybody. It takes boldness to stand on your feet and say, God, I know this is where I am, but I know what you're getting ready to do. It takes boldness and expectation. It takes boldness. It takes boldness to talk to something that ain't happened. It takes boldness to look an impossibility in the eye and say you're getting ready to change. It takes boldness to feel lonely inside, but in your spirit you're together with somebody. It takes boldness to not be able to pay your bills, but in your mind you know some breakthrough is coming. It takes boldness to tell your family, tell your friends what God is getting ready to do in your life because they say it may not happen, but deep down inside of you, Hey, glory, glory, glory. It takes boldness to be around people who never saw God do anything good in your life. It takes boldness when you failed at something you wanted, and now you're going to tell those same people what God's getting ready to do. They will remind you of how it failed. They will remind you of where you fall, fell down. They will remind you of how God didn't come through. But now I have a bold expectation. I'm pregnant with the things of God. 
Give your neighbor who's standing up a high five and tell him, tell everybody, tell them. Tell your wife, tell your children, tell your mom and them, tell your aunts, tell your boss, tell your girlfriends, tell your boyfriends, tell your cousin, tell them on Facebook, tell them on Instagram, tell them on Twitter. Hey, some of y'all. Well, pastor, if I tell them, and they clap back at me. What do I tell them when they clap back? You ain't responsible to tell them nothing. Your expectation doesn't come from them. If they wanted to help you, they couldn't help you. If you want to tell them something, I'll give you some choices. You can tell them. Just watch God work, baby. Because this ain't got nothing to do with me. Ain't got nothing to do with you. This is all God. And if he ain't a God that can work, I might as well find out now. You can also answer, this ain't really none of your business. You can also answer, it's okay how you feel, but I have no expectation of you. You can also just get an emoji with your hands lifted up, worshiping God. Give them, send them back an emoji that's just saying hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Something great is happening to me. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay, let me finish. Sit, sit down. Sit, sit, sit. Sit. So what I, so I got to do, so what I got to do, what I got to do, Pastor Nell, I got to give you at least, I got to give you at least a couple of scriptures and a couple of examples because we ain't playing. Mm-mm. Tired of playing. 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 Okay, so let me see if I can give you a couple of scriptures. Y'all all right? Then I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Job says in Job 22, 28. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad God created this church just so I could say this. Because I can't say this everywhere. Watch what it says. God's going to tell you what to do. He's going to tell you what he's going to give you. Then you can talk about it. It's not what this says. Read it. You. Who's going to declare it? Who declares it? Then what happens? If you ask, you receive. As soon as you declare it, it's established. You ain't waiting on God, sugar lips. God is waiting on you to talk boldly and stop begging. 
Take off your shroud and put on your crown. You shall also declare a thing and it will be established for you and then the light. You declare it, God gives it to you, and now God will shine on your path on how to get there. Starts with you. Watch this now. Here's the one. All the anesthesia is so we could pull this tooth right here. Y'all ready? You ain't ready for this. You ain't ready for this. You're not ready for this scripture. I'm telling you you're not ready. Go ahead and accept it. I'm not ready. So when it hits me, I have to understand I wasn't ready. You don't want this. Do you? For real? Isaiah 45, 11. Don't put it up yet. Don't put it up yet. Watch yourself, Ray. Watch yourself over there now. This right here is serious, folks. You ain't waiting on God no more to see him do something. Because all this time, he been waiting on you. Well, I like to go to quiet churches. This ain't quiet today. We ain't trying to be quiet and help you today. We ain't, we ain't trying to do all that. Let's read it. Put it up. Don't stammer. Read it. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One, and ask me, and your little brain just went, uh-uh, that ain't in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's in your Bible. I'm the God who created everything. I created everything. Now concerning you, my sons. Okay, okay, okay. Y'all ain't ready for this. Martin, concerning you and Linnell, my sons, just ask me what I got for you. Concerning my sons, just ask me. But when I tell you what I want to give you, don't ask me. Okay. Command me. Honey, I'm taking you to get ice cream. You get an A on that paper, I'm taking you to get ice cream. Sweetheart, if you obeyed the teacher this week at school, I'm going to take you and I'm going to buy you a pair of shoes. Honey, I'm, if, you, if you obey mom, if you obey mom, do your best. This is what I'm going to do for you. When the child has done what you asked of them, they're not getting ready to come to you and beg, please. They're telling you, you made a judgment. You made a decision. You told me what you were going to do. Now I'm coming for you and telling you, where is it? Where is it? You promised me I have a bold expectation. He says, concerning the works of my hand. Okay, okay, oh, okay. Do I dare do it? Go to the next verse. Y'all ain't ready for this at all. Holler back at me and say, Pastor, you don't know what we're ready for. Watch what he says here. Watch what he says here. 
Because your belief and your demands have nothing to do with making it happen. And you got to separate them. Otherwise, you'll leave here today So I'm getting ready to go make something happen. You can't. That's what your belief is for. You command him. Read, 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 read what he says. This is the next verse. I have made and created man. Listen to what he's talking about. My hands. Come on. Y'all don't, okay, you're not ready for this verse. He says, listen to me. Command me and go sit down somewhere. <laughs> Command me and watch me work. Let me tell you how I work. I don't know how you work, but I want to tell you how I work. I made the sun, moon, stars, galaxies. I was killing ants the other day at the house, and God said, just understand. I made them too. Every time you kill an ant, it is recorded before me. I made the gnats, the birds, and the mosquitoes, the mites, everything you see on the planet. He says, I made them. You didn't make them. So after you command me, I tell the ants what to do to help you. I'll tell the stars to do what helps you. I'll tell people to do what helps you. I will make your enemies your footstool. A footstool is not something you stand on or subjugate. A footstool is used to get you to the next level. A footstool is not a person you got permission to, to use or to abuse. A footstool just helps you get to a higher dimension. I will use people who don't like you to get you to the next dimension. I'll use doors in front of you to get you to the next dimension. But it's me who does the work. God says, it's me who does the work. I don't want you to work. This is not your job. Your job is to command me. Your job is to tell me to do it. Your job is to hold on to me until I do it. Your job is to not walk away until it's accomplished. Call for it. Demand it. Require it. Okay. 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 Sit down. Y'all encourage me. So in the Bible, there is a woman, Syrophoenician woman, who came to Jesus. She couldn't get it because she wasn't even saved. She wasn't a Jew. But she came and talked to Jesus. My daughter, homesick. He says, I can't do that for you. You're a dog. You're outside the covenant. She said, yep, I am. But if a dog hang around long enough, there are going to be some crumbs fall from the table. And if a crumb falls from the table, a crumb from you, if your crumb falls from the table, I'm going to lap it up like a dog. I don't care. She would not be offended. Jesus said, you are crazy. She said, I am. I'm not leaving here. Until I get what I know is in you. Ain't leaving. The Roman soldier did the same thing. I have a servant at home who is sick. Jesus says, okay, I'll come to him. He said, you ain't even got to come. You don't have to, you don't have to come to my house. Just speak 
There's no distance in your word. You don't have to come to where I am. And the servant was healed. There was a woman, a man called Jacob. And in Genesis about 32, Jacob was getting ready to go see his brother. He had tricked him. But he'd been blessed now. So he sent his wives, he sent everything in front of him. He spent the night in a place. And while he was spending the night, it says that God, in the form of an angel, came and wrestled with him to change his life. He's wrestling with you today. And the fight turned. God had done what he wanted to do for Jacob to prepare him to see his brother. But Jacob had something else in his heart. Y'all don't want to talk to me at all. It's one thing when you are wrestling him. When God is wrestling you. Totally different thing when you are wrestling God. So God said to Jacob, I've, I've done what I'm supposed to do for you. Daylight's coming. God was not a werewolf or a, a, a vampire. He wasn't afraid of the sun. Dumb sermons. He wasn't afraid of the sun. He said, but the sun is rising. In other words, we've been wrestling all night. What do you want from me? He says, I'm not letting you go until you bless me in the way I see you blessing me. You just blessed me, but that ain't what I came. Okay. That ain't what I came for. I didn't come for that little thing you put on other people. That ain't what I'm in here for. I ain't in here for you to just lay hands on me so I can fall out and shake. No. I want to I stand straight up when you bless me. Okay. Okay. I want to stand straight up when you bless me. I, want, I don't want to be down on the floor like this. I want my eyes to be open and I want my hands to be open. I want a blessing like that. The angel said, let me go. He says, I'm not letting you go until you give me what I expected. So God started talking. God started talking. He says, okay, what's your name? What's your character? I'm Jacob, the trickster. I've been supplanting people. I've been manipulating. I've been operating in witchcraft. The people don't necessarily know it, but God, you know it. God says, okay, today I change your name. You're no longer a trickster. You are Israel. In a second, he changed his character. He changed everything about him. My question to you is, what if Jacob didn't know what he wanted? He would have let go too early. He would have never got his name changed. He would have never been regrafted into the lineage of Isaac and Abraham. But because he knew what he wanted and he demanded it, he required it, he commanded it from God, he got it. There are your scriptures. Now, what do I do with this, Pastor? Call for it. Y'all know my story, right? You know my story. Don't you, you don't know my story. I'm from, I'm, I'm from Mississippi. Y'all know that. So we had a bunch of people that live up in the country. I'm talking about the country. The whole house had one heater in the middle, and it had one light on a string in the center of the house. 
Y'all don't know anything about this stuff. And I had, a, I had an aunt who, uh, she didn't have any teeth left. But she liked to chew tobacco. And she liked to kiss. The combination does not match. But because we were her nieces and nephews, we had to kiss her. She did not accept kisses on the cheek. She would spit before each child, and she would kiss her. That's why this story is etched. She had a dog and a cat. She called the dog. She called the dog. The cat jumped in her lap. And she never called the dog again. She was stroking the cat. Kept talking. Kept talking. In my head, I'm like, well, she called Rufus. She didn't call, she didn't call the cat. Why is she stroking this cat? Why would anybody enjoy what you didn't call for? Who would serve a God that can't be specific? I'm backing up. You don't think God knows the difference between a dog and a cat? Do you know the difference between a blessing and making you a blessing? I'm asking you, stop stroking the cat. If it's not what you have sown your life for, believe God for, stay in his presence. That was a woman. 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 And the Bible calls her a widow. You think it means her husband died. That's not what it means. A widow is, I have no husband. I have no children. I have no relatives. Therefore, I'm not even a citizen. She was nothing. She had no name on a docket. She was a widow. She was worthless. But she came to an unjust judge without money. He was used to people paying him to get verdicts. Slide me some money on the table, I'll give you a verdict. She's like, I don't have no money. But the one thing I do, I have importunity. Ain't got nowhere to go. Ain't got no people. I ain't got no sons, I ain't got no daughters. No one's going to stand for me. But I need a judgment. I need a judgment. I, I need you to bless me. The Bible says he would not, comma, but she came every day. She was at the top of his docket every day. <laughs> he says, I'm unjust, but because you won't leave me alone. I'll grant it to you. Then he says, will God not give to you? See, this is all examples. Y'all don't like my examples. Yeah. That was a man that came to his friend. 
and wanted bread. And his friend said, I'm not getting up and giving you bread. He said, oh, yes, you will. If you want to sleep, you will. Because I'm going to stand here and knock all night until you get up and give me bread. This is not begging. This is, I know what I came for. And I have a bold expectation. I know you got bread in there because I smelled it cooking earlier. You're a God, you never run out of bread. So I'm going to stand in front of you, and I'm going to call for it. I'm going to demand it. I'm going to require it as those strings are attached to what I'm asking you for, as if it's due.